Good Tuesday morning. Thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. We are in a series currently entitled Moses, Jesus, and the Last Days. And last week we talked about some about what the last days were that the New Testament was actually really talking about. Today we're going to begin the second message in this series, which has to do with Moses, or the Torah, pointing to Jesus. Because Jesus is revealed all through the Torah. It is He is everywhere. He is pictured. He is promised. He is prophesied about. Uh, he is pointed to in so many different ways. And Jesus made reference to this, that Moses spoke of him. And Moses talked about him. So we're going to begin today in this message, Moses points to Jesus. And I'm telling you, the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, as you stick with us through this series, is going to become so much more alive to you as you realize that Christ is everywhere in it. Let us begin this morning. I've got a number of passages, but uh, we're going we're gonna to just jump on two of those because um, there's a little bit of a different direction I'm going to go in over the next several Sundays that are tied into some of these other passages. So let's open up to Luke 24. We are in a series of about Moses, Jesus, the last days. We talked about last week some about the last days and saw that when Scripture in the New Testament particularly speaks of the last days, and we even saw in some of the Old Testament about the prophecies concerning Jesus and the end of the Mosaic Covenant is what they were really dealing with and the beginning of the Messianic Age under the New Covenant with Jesus. And that Moses, the prophets, the writings are all pointing to the Messiah. Luke 24, after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is walking with the men from Emmaus and he is having a conversation with them and they were telling him about what they had heard the news they had heard about Jesus being raised from the dead the women reporting this and in verse 25 it says Jesus said to them oh foolish ones so slow of heart to put your trust or to believe in all that the prophets spoke was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with who? Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. Then when you go down into verse 44, Jesus appears to the disciples they give him some fish. He eats it in their presence. And then he says in verse 40, 44, then he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything written concerning me in the Torah of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. It was all written, every bit of it, he says. Everything was recorded. Everything was already foretold concerning his life and his work. And then go over to the next book of John. 
chapter 5. Jesus is having dialogue with the religious leaders. And in John chapter 5, he's talking about the Father testifying about the Son, the witness of the Father, and so forth, the miracles. And he gets down to verse 39, and he says to these religious leaders, you search the Scriptures because you suppose that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. Yet you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I don't accept glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name and you don't receive me, but if another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you don't seek the glory that comes from God alone? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have put your trust, your hope. For if you were believing Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus is very emphatic that, and he specifically gives the three sections in what we call the Old Testament, that speak of him. The Torah, the writings, the Psalms, and all of those, and then the wisdom books, and then the prophets. He gives, and he says, every single section, there's three sections in a Jewish Bible. There was three sections in the Bible that Jesus read, that Jesus studied. Three sections in the Bible that Paul studied, that Peter studied, that all of these people grew up with, and were familiar with. This was the word of God. And every one of them, Jesus said, speak of me. I am there. I am there. None of the things that are happening to me, none of the things that you're seeing or experiencing should be new to you. Because it has been foretold concerning me in all of these places. One of the things that we have to have a problem with, particularly on this side of the cross, is in our Bibles in the West, we have two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. The word testament means covenant, Old Covenant, New Covenant, but there's a tragedy in designating the first half of our Bibles as Old Testament or Old Covenant. Because when we start talking about, as we did last week, the Old Covenant being fulfilled, being done away with, most people automatically associate that with the whole Old Testament. And that's wrong. Only a small section of the Old Testament in the book of Exodus from chapter 19 through Numbers chapter 10 is the Old Covenant as it's spelled out. It's been fulfilled. But all the rest of it, all the rest of it is still viable. It is still practical. It is still, as Paul said, given to us for teaching, for instruction in righteousness, for correction, for rebuke. All of that. We have to remember, that was Jesus' Bible. All of that was his Bible. And if you, let's look at it like this. If you've ever watched a movie series, let's say that there's, there's a first movie that comes out, the original movie, then you have a sequel to it. Maybe you have another sequel even after that, which there are a number of movies which have done that. 
My wife and I, when we sat down one time and we were watching The Lord of the Rings, and she had to see the first movie because the second movie and the things that happened in it, if she had just jumped into the second movie and even watching the first one, we got in the second one, she was still asking questions. Why is that significant? Who is this person? Why are they doing that? If you don't have the foundation of the first movie, the things in the second or third movie will not make sense to you. You will understand, well, why are they doing that? Why are they saying that? Why is the story taking this progression here? And you can get confused. You get lost in the midst of it. It can become a boring thing to you because, again, you're not able to tie things together in the connection between the two. And many times you can become lost in the process and completely misinterpret what the writer of the screenplay is trying to communicate. You miss the whole message because you don't have the foundation of the first movie to interpret the second and third ones by. This is why we have to understand and why it's so important for us to understand our Old Testament. Because the New Testament, if you jump in there, won't make any sense. It will not make any sense. That's why we have gotten so many strange and weird belief systems that have corrupted Christianity, that have affected Christianity in a very negative light because we have not been grounded and understood the first movie. That is so significant and important. We must understand that the scriptures of the Old Testament were the Bible of Jesus' day. They were the Bible for Paul. They were the Bible for Peter, for all the apostles. And so everything they were writing about was explaining and launching from that place, the Tanakh, the Torah, the prophets, the writings. We'll continue discussing this tomorrow when we get back together, Lord willing. Pray that God's grace, joy, and peace will be yours in fullest measure today.